Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up, it's well-known tenor singer Steve Amerson. He has been involved in not only Christian music, but a variety of musical pursuits, including movie soundtracks and inspiring veterans. You'll be hearing material from a recent Meeting House conversation ahead. And with the new year upon us, perhaps you're looking for a way to grow deeper in the Word of God. Toby Stokes of the discipleship program called Alpha points in the direction of the Bible in One Year program that the ministry has developed. And on this edition of The Intersection, Kathleen Fuller is perhaps best known for her Amish fiction, but her next release is set in a small town in Arkansas and contains elements of forgiveness with an underpinning of a Christian faith perspective. You can learn more coming up. Finally, Travis Gibson of The Rock Church in San Diego provides a report on the 25th anniversary of the outreach called Toys for Joy, in which families receive toys, groceries, and an opportunity to pray with someone and perhaps to accept Christ. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Steve Amerson is a well-known tenor singer who loves the Lord and has been featured in not only Christian music, but a variety of musical pursuits. In his book, Tales of a Troubadour, he shares about that variety and his walk with the one who has given him his talent. From a recent Meeting House conversation, here now is Steve Amerson. Well, Bob, a troubadour is is a traveling minstrel, a traveling singer, and that certainly describes my, uh, my career and my path. Um, and the book has, uh, it's, a, it's a short, easy read. It has uh, about 13 chapters. And Bob, it talks about the places where I've sung over the years. It, it's not exhaustive, but uh, I tell about singing at the Hollywood Bowl for the first time, singing at Carnegie Hall and being there with uh, my friend Steve Green and Larnell Harris, uh, about singing on the steps, the southern steps there in Jerusalem. So they're just uh, great stories, some background of of, uh, the experience. And then also uh, there's an opportunity for the reader to maybe be challenged. What can you do in in different situations where you find yourselves? Um, One of of the chapters talks about uh, the first time my mom noticing that I had some musical ability. And uh, at the end of the chapter, I just say, you know, find a young child or a young person that you can encourage today. So it's, it's stories of where I've sung, things I've learned, and hopefully applications that people can make today. Well, something that you've been involved in has to do with worship services at the U.S. Capitol. Yes, there are worship services that take place there in D.C. I understand that, that you are continuing to be involved in that on a regular basis. So take us through the, the timeline of reestablishing that in the U.S. Capitol. Well, Bob, there were services in the Capitol from 1800 to 1869. And in 1869, uh, they stopped having services in the Capitol. Uh, the reasons are not quite clear, but it's, it's thought that by that time in our nation's history, uh, there was a room large enough to house uh, corporate worship in Washington, D.C. Uh, but before that, there would be as many as 2,000 people in Statuary Hall on a Sunday morning worshiping, sometimes with the Marine Band playing for the hymns. And uh, the services stopped, and then back in 2014, 
there were some folks that had a, a vision to reestablish worship in the Capitol. They asked if I'd come and sing and lead worship for that first service in July, July 30th of 2014. Uh, they said, we don't have any money to pay you or your travel, but would you come? And, you know, it sounded like a great deal. And uh, I flew there, and after that first service, the founders said, would you come back twice a month and help lead worship? So since 2014, I have been traveling to Washington, D.C. The services right now, they're on Wednesday night. We are on hiatus right now just because of the shutdown of the of the Capitol mm. and the House and Senate buildings uh, with the virus. But I still have continued to go, and when I'm there, in fact, I was there just a few weeks ago. Before I go, I write handwritten notes to members of Congress. I write 200 handwritten notes. Wow. And I deliver mm. them to their, to their offices. Uh, so over the years, I've gotten to know many, many members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. Uh, just They know that I'm an encourager. Uh, I'm not there with a political agenda. But the relationships that I'm building give me opportunity to speak into situations when I'm asked. Um, and so people know, in fact, one one wonderful member from uh, Florida, one day he saw me coming down the hall and he looks and he goes, ah, the great encourager. Oh, wow. And I took that as a real compliment. There are We must realize that these men and women that serve uh, on Capitol Hill are, they're just like us. They have financial needs. They have uh, health concerns of their family. There are all kinds of issues that they're facing. They spend uh, many, many days away from their family. And so God's opened a door for me to, A, lead worship in the Capitol, but also have personal relationship with these men and women who serve in Congress. Steve Amerson here on The Intersection. You can find him online at steveamerson, A-M-E-R-S-O-N, dot com. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, and next up, it's Toby Stokes. He serves as the Bible in One Year Coordinator for the Ministry of Alpha International. In a recent conversation, he discussed the digital and printed opportunities to participate in the Bible in One Year plan. Here now from that conversation is Toby Stokes. Well, actually, it started before I was born, about um, (laughs) 35 years ago. Um, I'm only 21, so it's got a 14-year lead on me. And it's when um, the pioneer of Alpha, um, which is Nicky Gumbel, he's a, he's a vicar in London here um, at a church called HTB. And uh, he started uh, writing down notes in his Bible in One Year book, which the book is just the Bible passages. Um, and he started writing down his notes in, in the different columns. And, and then he realized uh, about 20 odd years ago that it might be a good plan um, for him to make a, uh, a Bible reading plan to help the congregation uh, get deeper with the Bible and understand it more. And the reason he started thinking this is because um, one of the congregation members came up to him and asked, uh, it was, she was confused about um, some Bible passages and didn't quite know um, what they meant. So uh, he wanted to create this Bible plan to help the congregation of HDB uh, kind of move and explore the Bible uh, a bit more than what you know, people already know. So um, now it's, it's huge. Uh, it's massive. Uh, we've got an app and we've got everything <laughs> along the line. So it started, you know, 35 years ago, Nikki's been writing it for 14, uh, 15 years now, uh, properly head down every single day. Um, so yeah, 
the reason I started it is because Nikki set me down one day um, after I joined uh, HDV Church and I joined the college uh, there and as a youth pastor. And he set me down one day and he said, uh, hey, can you help me create a youth version? Mm. Um, which I immediately, I mean, when Nikki Gumbel asks you to do anything, you don't say no, really. Um, <laughs> right, so right. I immediately said, uh, said yes um, to, to this kind of pilot, this project. Um, and that was at the end of 2019. And now it's turned into a, a full-time job, which is uh, helping young people go deeper um, in, in the Bible. And that's, uh, that's just part of my job, which is um, to make the, the Bible more engaging for every age, for all people, um, and just helping drive this Bible in one year um, train along. Yeah. Give us an idea about the approach to reading reading God's Word over the course of a year. What does the, the program seek to do in order to really encourage people to, to grow and follow Christ more deeply? Well, I think the main the main purpose of the Bible in one year is to get people stuck into into scripture into God's word every single day. And I think it's that daily act of, of building the habit um, that really benefits people. And uh, as you said, you can access it in, in many ways. We have podcasts, uh, we have uh, it on you version, we have an email list, uh, we have our own uh, designed app. Uh, we've got everything. So whichever way people want to access it, um, they can. And I, I think the, the main, yeah, as I said, the main purpose is to build this habit um, which really dives deeper into what God is saying to us through the scriptures. And once you build a habit, even after um, you've done the full year of Bible in one year, um, you keep that habit of reading scripture every single day. And I think it's so important um, to, to dive into God's word, because if, if we're not hearing uh, what God is saying to us each day, I, I don't understand how we can live our lives the way that, that God wants us to live. And um, Nikki, in one of his Bible in one year days, he describes it as a spiritual food. He eats breakfast every morning as I do. Um, and he mm. can't go a day without breakfast and he can't go a day without food. So why should he go a day without spiritual food, which is really what we're doing when uh, we're diving deeper every single day into the Bible. So that's what the, the Bible in one year is. It's, it's gets you through the whole Bible in one year. So it's an achievement, uh, but it's also just getting deeper every single day into God's word. And there is an audio dimension to this. You mentioned podcast. Uh, is there also a straight, is, is there a straight reading as well as a commentary? Yes. So there's uh, multiple different ways. You can listen to it um, just as a podcast or uh. you can listen to it on the app, but also you can read it. Um, so it's multiple different avenues for every person, depending whether you're driving to work, running, walking, uh, doing whatever. Uh, you can, yeah, you can really dive deeper into God's Word. Toby Stokes here on the Intersection Podcast. You can learn more at BibleInOneYear.org. Well, this is the Intersection, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more through MeetingHouseOnline.info or by visiting the programming section at FaithRadio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast. Also, there are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as to the Apple podcast feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community that is updated weekly. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Access the Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's information on video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Content from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and more. Well, continuing now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Kathleen Fuller, author of a book called Much Ado About a Latte. She discussed the concept and plot of the book, which is set in a small town in Arkansas and deals with relationship dynamics. From that conversation, this is Kathleen Fuller now. They went to the same high school together, and Anita has um, a learning disability. Um, And just as an aside of that, um, that's kind of modeled on myself. So I could, I, I've always wanted to write a character with a learning disability. I know that sounds a bit unusual, but um, just, you know, kind of showing the struggles that maybe, you know, on the outside, a person that has learned disability, you may not see their struggles, but they're definitely there on the, on the inside. And so she needs tutoring uh, during high school and that's how she meets Tanner. And, you know, as things happen in high school, one develops a crush on the other, and she has a crush um, on him, but they go their separate ways, and they come back together when they're both working at the Sunshine Diner. Um, and then that crush is renewed, and he's oblivious until he's not oblivious. Yeah. And then by that time, they become competitors, and then that's when the conflict really starts happening. So I assume that Tanner stayed at the Sunshine Diner, and she opened up a coffee shop next door. Something to that effect. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Um, Maple Falls is a small town, and as I mentioned earlier, it's on the decline. In Hook on You, there's some characters that decide to revitalize the area, and, and Tanner's one of them. So he wants to purchase the, the diner and update it, not just because it's a good investment and good for the town, but, you know, he was a cook there for three years and also managed it. And he just, this is what he wants to do with his life, is just run this diner and, in this small town and be a part of bringing this community back to life. Anita has been a waitress even longer than he was um, a cook at the diner, and she really loved her job. But she's wondering if there's something else that she's supposed to do with her life, and that's when she decides to open a cafe. But she has a lot of problems with it. She's such a novice when it comes to business that she makes some missteps. And not to give too much away, but she makes a big one that drives a wedge between her and Tanner. Mm. So what would you say that listeners can pick up on in this book as far as perhaps some of the the themes that are present within the book? Well, like my other books, um, this story is about how family, friends, and community, there's that word, uh, band together to help each other out. Um, that I love writing stories about that. It's, it's just kind of my niche. Um, also, one thing is gaining self-confidence is a big part of Anita's storyline. Um, and I, I think that that's very um critical, especially now during when we're going through a lot of struggles Mm -hmm. just as a woman. And Tanner also has another problem that's also very common now is uh, being a workaholic. So learning to set that aside so he can actually live in the moment 
and and see what's right in front of him. Um, they also um, feel like they have a lot of pressure on them from their parents. Some of it's real, some of it's imagined. And I think all of us at one point or another in our life, we've believed we've had to live up to somebody else's standard and, and how we deal with that. And then, of course, there's the romance. Um, unrequited love is one of my favorite themes to write about. So there's a lot going on in the book. No doubt. So how does the Christian faith element, how is that present within the book? Well, in in this series, it's very light. It's more like, you know, in the small town where there's always, you know, there's that central church. Mm -hmm. There's a church softball team. Um, There's, you know, older ladies that also have a group and they do lots of charity things. Um, It's not, it's, it's more like a Hallmark movie where there's, where I know there's not, a faith story going through Hallmark movies, but there's a light one, a very faint one in this book. I see. So what would would be the main thing that you'd want listeners to take away from it? Um, Well, when I'm asked these questions, I always kind of give the same answer because it applies to every book. I want readers to be entertained and I want them to be encouraged. Yeah. Um, Spending time with the book is an investment, um, and I want the reader to feel and believe that when they read one of my stories, it's time well spent. Kathleen Fuller here on The Intersection. You can find out more by visiting her website. It's KathleenFuller.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the lead singer for the Point Loma campus for the Rock Church in San Diego, Travis Gibson. In a recent Meeting House conversation, he shared about the 2021 Toys for Joy outreach, marking the 25th anniversary of that initiative in which families receive toys and groceries as well as prayer. Here now from that conversation, this is Travis Gibson. We just wrapped up our 25th anniversary uh, celebrating uh, so many lives changed through this event called Toys for Joy. And as you mentioned, this has been going on longer than the church. We, We now have five physical locations that span across San Diego County, and the church is 21 years old, will be 22 years old in February of next year. But Toys for Joy was an idea uh, from our senior pastor before there was a church. He, he said, hey, uh, whether people show up to, the con- <laughs> to hear him preach, he's going to meet the needs of the city. And that's how it started, with one parking lot, a handful of families, and just gathered a few Christmas trees, some toys and food, and that turned into what we know now, uh, an, an incredible not just an event, but it's, it's, a, it's become a movement, Bob, of uh, thousands of people serving, donating, contributing their time, efforts, and their money. And we're giving away toys. We just gave away um, and thousands and thousands of pounds of groceries. In fact, this, this last event, so not even the last 25 years, but this last event, we served uh, just under 3,000 households. Mm. We gave away 18,000 toys to families in San Diego. 243,000 pounds of groceries. That's non-perishables. That's produce, um, frozen turkey. I mean, you name it. We were giving that thing away. We, we had people, even in the pandemic, we had to kind of shift gears in the last two years. People would just pull up, roll their windows down. They'd receive prayer. We led people to Christ mm. just by them being in their car and saying, hey, there's a guy out there that loves you. The toy's a, the toy's a big deal. So is the food. But the reason why that's happening is because Jesus is here. He loves you. Uh, you want to meet them. And, and people were, were open to it. And, of course, you, you probably know this. During the holidays, everything tends to be magnified. So if it's been a good year, Christmas is great. If it's been a tough year, the holidays really, really put you in a pinch. And, and we just want to help people. And 
meet as many needs as possible. So that's, that's been Toys for Joy. It's been great. And you have actually carried Toys for Joy all the way through the pandemic the last couple of years. Tell me about how things were altered somewhat as a result of the COVID crisis. We have. I think what we did, we had, you know, just under 15,000 people, you know, that call the Rock Church their home uh, physically in our buildings across five locations. And so when you couldn't come in the building, um, some communities, unfortunately, had to really scratch their head and go, "Okay, what are we going to do? And for us, uh, we've always been to do something church, which means we're not going to be content just coming on Sundays. Um, You know, we we exist uh, to reach the world. Um, the church doesn't exist for ourselves. We want, we want to go out and mm. um, show the world how much God loves them. And so this was second nature. We deployed everybody and said all of our attentions, all of our resources are now going to go towards outreach uh, and evangelism. And uh, Toys for Joy was just a, another part of that. So we started a ministry that we've called Provisions, which is really just a, a large food and grocery distri- distribution. And we were doing that weekly and monthly at all of our, our locations. And so for Toys for Joy, we took that model, which was cars lining up, getting groceries, and said, hey, we may not be able to get everybody out in the big fields and do games and face painting the way that we've always done it, thousands of together in big crowds. But what if we just took this new model, shifted, learned from the pandemic, and then blessed people? And that's what we did. We, we had thousands of cars lined up. We would have them come in certain uh, blocks at a time, registered at 9 o'clock, some at 10 a.m., some at 11 and they would come through. We'd pray. We'd give them what they need. They popped the trunk open. We'd put the toys in there. We'd load them up with groceries. Um, and uh, they could actually tune in their cars to a radio station the first year and hear the gospel message by our senior pastor. I mean, we mm. were just doing whatever we could to make sure that the, the, the people uh, uh, who needed support and the city of San Diego, anybody else that was visiting and that wanted to come through could receive. That that was the goal. And uh you know, Bob, it's easy to lead when leadership isn't necessary. And uh, during the pandemic, God was looking for leaders. And as a church, we said, hey, let's lead. Yes. Let's do whatever we can and shift and move and use our resources to be a blessing. Travis Gibson here on The Intersection. The church's website is sdrock.com. We're nearing the conclusion of this final Intersection podcast for the year 2021. It's an outreach of the many... It's a production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection. There are also links to The Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Well, Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.